Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Plumber's Journey podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Cox, a master plumber and owner of Forthright Plumbing in Tampa, Florida. The Plumber's Journey podcast is the only podcast dedicated to telling the real stories of real plumbers. I believe that plumbers are misunderstood by the public and that plumbers play an important role in protecting the health of the nation. I am a passionate advocate for the plumbing career field, and I believe high school students should take a careful look at the opportunities present in a plumbing career when deciding what path to take in life. A career in the skilled trades can be a short path to a high-income, low-debt lifestyle that has unlimited opportunities for growth and a clear path to entrepreneurship. Hi, Ken. Welcome to the Plumber's Journey podcast. How you doing? Good. How are you? I am doing great, my friend. You mind just taking a few moments and telling us about yourself? Tell us your name, where you're from, how long you've been in plumbing, and just anything relevant to this conversation. Um, I'm Kenny Waite. Um, been in plumbing about 30 years, um, probably over 30 years. Um, my dad's a master plumber. I'm from Key West, Florida, where most of my family are plumbers. Um, most of the companies down there are my family, Haskins Plumbing. Tony Hurst plumbing, lower keys plumbing, all that's my family's. Um, so I, um, I quit school at 16 years old and started plumbing full time. Um, uh, school wasn't really for me. And back then, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't really um, have a, any plumbing schools to go to, you know, it was, you just, you either made it or you didn't. There was no credit recovery and all that that they have now. So I quit school and um, eventually got my GED um, and and started plumbing with my dad at Robert's Plumbing. So and 30 then, years ago, that would have been what, 1990, late 80s? Uh, actually, yeah, about 86, I would say I, I started um, gotcha. full time, about 86. So, yeah. So, um, like I said, it's been over 30 years now. Time flies. That's <laughs> and awesome. uh, so, uh, I, you know, that was the natural thing for me to do because that's what my family did. And I've, I've had a, a, a good life doing it, made plenty of money. <laughs> uh, as you know now that, you know, plumbers make good money. And um, I eventually got my, my master plumber's license. I'm, uh, I'm licensed uh in the state of florida master plumber and i've uh, been teaching for university of florida trio center for the last 11 years 12 years i teach on um, backflow prevention for for trio um and i currently work as a high school plumbing teacher at dw waters career center for hillsborough county schools which is the seventh largest district in the nation Wow. Okay. So let's back up. So you are a master plumber. You've been plumbing for over 30 years. You started with your family um, down in Key West. Um, you teach at uh, the DW, what is it? D, D DW Waters Career Center. DW Waters Career Center in Hillsborough County. You're also a University of Florida trio backflow testing instructor. Um, that is quite the list of accomplishments. Over 30 years, I've, I've racked them up, a, a few of them up. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, what I'd like to ask you is, can you kind of walk us through the progression of your career? Tell us what it was like as an apprentice 
And, you know, what was it like for you when you were coming up in the trade? Well, when I, um, when I first started, uh, you know, I, I went right to work with family mm-hmm. and uh, I quit school mm-hmm. and uh, I was doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing. And it just really school was, um, was, uh, you know, they didn't baby you like, uh, not, not to say that they baby them nowadays. It was just, you either did it back then or you didn't. And they moved on, you know, you got behind, you got behind. Uh, there was no, no child left behind back then. So I, I was really behind cause I was a slower learner than everybody else. If you put a book in front of me, um, it, you know, I had to study for a D, but you, you know, you gave me a pair of channel locks and, you know, I'll take anything you want apart. So I, I, you know, and that's usually the way it is with most people. Um, but anyways, uh, my family didn't kind of understand that. My mom was the bookkeeper for the shop. My dad was a plumber. And, uh, you know, I, I had to go ask my uh, cousin. He was he had taken over the shop and he was trying to discourage me. He wanted me to stay in school. So, um, you know, I was put digging every ditch that there was down there, you know? So I wasn't like necessarily stuck with the, like most helpers that we were the biggest plumbing company down there at the time. Like everything else is offsprings from Roberts plumbing. Gotcha. But, um, most of the helpers that were there and pretty much every plumber had a helper. Um, they stayed with their plumbers, you know, until they, till they made it on, you know, till the plumbers felt like they were able to go out. And back then, if you, they felt like you can start doing your own thing, you would go in on Saturdays and start running one of their trucks for the weekend. And then you progressively got more and more calls to the week until you got your own truck. And, um, but me, they wanted to break me, so to speak. So they were like, uh, beat you down. Oh yeah. He wanted, he didn't, he wanted to show me that, you know, it was better for me to stay in school. Gotcha. And um, especially since he was a college graduate, like he, he was never a plumber. He took over the business as a businessman, but never a plumber. So his, his thing was school. And um, he didn't understand my situation, but anyways, every plumber that had a ditch to dig, he'd be like, take Kenny, give him a cooler and, and put him over there let him dig that ditch. And, you know, they were trying to get me to say, I don't want to do this, but I was determined to do it, you know? So you earned your stripes. Yeah, I I definitely earned my stripes because, you know, another thing is, is um, my dad was one of their lead plumbers. So he would, he would drag me around anyways, uh, after hour calls. um, And, you know, we have a stoppage at McDonald's or, you know, we had a restaurant downtown that had a leak, whatever. And I was there handing him tools all the time, even as a, as a boy, you know, I'm talking about 12, 13 years old. And I'd sit in school daydreaming about wanting to be out there with him. You know, I wanted to be out there handing him tools. I didn't want to be in that classroom. It was in your blood. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't want to. And, and I remember thinking in school, I, I had bad ADD. And I remember thinking, you know, I'm going to pay attention to this teacher and I'm going to get what they're telling me. And the next thing I know, the lesson that he was teaching on the board or she was teaching on the board was over. And I had been thinking about being out there plumbing or in the boat or somewhere else. So this school wasn't for me. 
but I, I, I think it's very important, you know, and, and I, I did go and get my GED and, and all, and that was part of the agreement with my cousin. He said, you have to promise me that you'll get your diploma. <clears throat> so that's what I did. I worked all day and I went to night school at night. And, um, one night I was out on the balcony, um, just tired as all get out. And, um, this guy comes walking up in a suit and he, he says, yeah, you look tired. We started talking and um, his name was Mr. Shaw and he ran the GED program. And I started telling him that I was, you know, I was doing plumbing and all that. He says, Hey, I got a deal for you. I'm doing my kitchen. If you'll help me run some water lines, I will, um, I will teach you how to pass your GED and then you don't even have to come to, to night school. So I was like, heck yeah, that sounds, I didn't even know what a GED was, but he explained it to me. And I was like, that's the way I want to go. So that's what we did. I went and did his kitchen at night and, um, <laughs> and he tutored me and um, I took the GED passed it and all was great, you know? So I lived up to my end of the bargain back then when you gave somebody your word, you gave somebody your word. Amen. You know? Amen. So, you know, I, I shook on it that I would get my, my diploma and and I did. I got my GED and and I moved on from there. So, so you got your GED, and then how many years were you an apprentice or helper at that age, from sixteen to you know eighteen, twenty? How I was I was a I was an apprentice probably three years. Now, now you got to realize too. Remember, I told you as a family-run business, um, my grandfather was a fireman. And he worked the front counter back then. That was before Home Depot or anything. Right. So people came to you to get, you know, you want a galvanized pipe. They came to that shop to get it cut and, um, you know, buy their fittings and their different repair parts for toilets and all that. So when my mom would pick me up from school as a boy, I'm talking eight, 10 years old, 12 years old, my, my grandfather would be like, boy, get that broom, swing, sweep the shop and here, put up these fittings and do this. So, I was learning all that um, before I even, uh, you know, before I even thought about being a plumber. So I was doing all that and I was um, stocking shelves and, and then, you know, I, I would work there in the summers to make extra money and, you know, did a little summer job, um, cutting galvanized pipe, doing all that kind of stuff. So I, I had a good idea, but the, I wasn't like walking in fresh as an a, apprentice. I was, I had already had a good knowledge of tools and fittings and all that. I knew all my fittings and everything, you know, at 16 when I went full time. So yeah, you had, you had a full, I mean, really a lifelong experience. Absolutely. Cause you know, you're talking 40 years ago, you know, it was a small town and you know, that's, that's where I hung out after school, you know, and, and uh, I just, you know, you pick it up, you learn it. Mm. And, uh, and especially when you work in there in the summers and, and all that stuff too. So that's cool. So your family was the plumbing supplier and the contractor. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every plumbing company in, in Key West is an offspring of Robert's plumbing. Gotcha. Um, so now Robert's plumbing now it's a little, the littlest shop down there. My cousin actually runs it. And, um, my dad still works for him. My dad's 70 is 45. So, um, he was born in 45. So 70, 
76 now, I think, 76. And he still plums with my cousin, my cousin Marcus. And he's got the, it's only one truck. It's only a one man operation. Everybody's way bigger than him down there. They, you know, they're this went from the biggest to the smallest because wow. everybody retired and everything. And um, yeah, I get it. That makes he sense. Kept it going. Dad, he likes working, huh? Yes, he does. He, he really <laughs> like, you know, there's not that, that generation. They don't want to retire. No, he, you know, he, and my, my cousin pays him good still. He's still making great money. And, him. you know, he drags him around. He calls him up. Come on, Uncle Kenneth. I'm coming to get you. I've got some jobs and, um, you know, it keeps my dad busy. I'm glad because it keeps him active, you know? Yeah, that's good. That I, I, I think that's awesome. So, so you went from apprenticeship, basically growing up in the trade around a plumbing company and supplier and shop. And then you started running your own van. And how many years did you work with your family? Well, I, I worked, um, from 16 to about 19. Um, and then, you know, I had a teenager's attitude, so I didn't think I was being treated fairly. And, um, so I, I ended up, um, and, and I, I had a, my first wife and my first son and, I wanted to go out. I wanted to make more money and I wanted to, I thought I should be on a truck, you know, uh, full-time. So I started talking to a guy that owned a plumbing company in my neighborhood, which I lived at that time, about 23 miles out of Key West, which is, um, Kajo Key. Mm -hmm. And it was a little, um, little shop, little plumbing company that all they did was new, new construction. So I was used to new construction and repair. So if we wasn't doing new construction, we were doing repair. And if we wasn't doing repair, we we're doing new construction. But this this shop only did new construction. They built, they they worked with other contractors and did houses up in the Keys. Gotcha. And um, so I went to him and said I was interested in leaving Roberts Plumbing. And I asked him, Do you have anybody? His name was Doug Posey. And he says, no, I, I don't need anybody. You know, we got it. We got everybody, you know, all the guys we need. And I said, okay, well, if, if you need somebody, uh, my name's Kenneth Waite, you know, and, and, and here's my number. You could call me. He says, Hey, wait a minute. Is your daddy a plumber? And I said, yeah, he's a plumber. He says, Oh, is he looking for a job? And I said, no, I don't think he's going to leave Robert's plumbing. He says, uh, how long have you been doing it? I said, he, I said, well, about, I quit school a few, a few years ago, but I got my GED and you know, I've been doing it about three years. He said, let me see your hands. So I showed him my hands, all the calluses on them and stuff. He says, can you solder? And I could solder, but I wasn't a, a, a good solder. You know, like I hadn't, you know, I was a helper still basically. I knew the, I knew how to solder, but I didn't, I didn't do it all the time. And um, I said, oh yeah, I could solder. I got my own torch and everything. And I did, I had all my own tools. And he says, can, when can you start? So it went from, no, I didn't need anybody, but then he was trying to suck my dad in, you know? <laughs> and so um, That's funny. I, I, um, I said, I, I have to give two weeks notice. So two weeks later I started and that's what I did. I ran probably with, I worked with him about two years, maybe a year and a half, two years. And all I did was run copper water lines. Wow. So um, then yeah, I went from there. Time. What's that? 
I said, you got really good at soldering. Oh yeah. I, I'm a good solderer now for sure. Um, that's all I did for two years. I, I didn't do anything but do copper water lines. Um, I went from there to a, a big company called Scott Griffin that did a lot of Navy base work. Yeah. Um, and I did roughs for them. And I did, um, we, we would tear out like, we'd go into a unit that, um, that a, a military family would move out of and we gut it. We demo it. Well, we had a demo crew, not me, but Scott Griffin had a demo crew to get that straight. And um, then we'd go in and put the water heaters, the heat recovery units, you know, um, dishwashers, kitchen sinks, all that kind of stuff. So that was a good job. Great job. And, um, but they, the job was ending down there. They wanted me to go to California with them, but I was a hometown boy. You know, I didn't want to go. Sure. So I went from there to, um, to the housing authority and worked for the housing authority as a plumber for a while. And then from the housing authority, I went to, um, the school district and I worked for them for a plum as a plumber for a while. And then, then back to my cousin as a plumber and kind of floated around. Then I went back to Robert's plumbing and ran a multi-million dollar job out there, um, doing, um, they needed people. They needed me uh, to my aunt, my, my aunt that owned Robert's Plumbing needed me to, to kind of be a foreman for her for um, uh, a golf course job, which yeah. was it's a huge, it was a huge job down there. So I did that for a while. So, you know, I bounced here and there around and um, finally ended up here as a teacher. So you worked, I remember um, in the middle of that, you said you worked at the, uh, the school system for a while. Can you tell us about that? Uh, I was a plumber for, for, um, for Monroe County schools. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it was just, just a, just a plumbing job. You know, it wasn't nothing big about it. it, it we just took care of the school stoppages, you know, repairs and all that kind of stuff. So so now you're a teacher um, for Hillsborough County. You teach high school students, but you also teach at the University of Florida Backflow. Can you tell us how you got into both of those teaching positions? What led you to those positions? So um, I actually, when I moved up here, I tried to get out of plumbing. Mm. Um you asked a loaded question there. I'm going to take you down a rabbit That's hole. That's fine. Here. Let's go. <laughs> so I, I tried to get out of plumbing. So I went to work for um, when I moved from Key West to Tampa, I went to work for um, Home Depot at ProSales. And probably was there maybe a year and um, decided I wanted to open my own um, home inspection business. Hmm. The houses were selling like hotcakes up here, you know, and, and I, so I, I did everything I needed to do, started doing home inspections, was going terrific, couldn't be happier. And it went from, from being booked all week to the phone wasn't ringing. So I went back around to my realtors and I was like, uh, here, I'll give you coupons, whatever. They said, I wish we, we could call you, but 
the you know everybody's being foreclosed on that's when the recession hit 2008 yep and um went from a great business to nothing like i was out of work for a year wow and um so and then you realized plumbing is recession proof it absolutely so i i went there was a, a position open as a storekeeper three um, for Hillsborough County Schools in the AC department. And I applied for that. And what got me the job, they, they told me later, <clears throat> they had um, bought out a piece of Schedule 80 pipe and they asked me what it was. Now, this is an AC job. Like, I was wondering why would they even, what, what's that have to do with AC? But Anyways, they, they bought out a piece of Schedule 80 pipe and said, could you tell us what this is? I said, yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's Schedule 80 pipe. It's, um, you know, you have Schedule, they said elaborate on. I said, well, you have Schedule 20, you have Schedule 40, and the Schedule 80 is, is the, um, the gray pipe that's the thickest. And, you know, I went on with what it was. And later they said nobody else can answer that question. So that's what got me the job. So anyways, um, I, I worked for them for a while and then, I was there maybe a year or so, and the superintendent wrote a, a an email asking how we could save them money. Mm. And so I wrote back saying if we did our own backflows, <clears throat> we could save money. So um, she they wrote me right back and said, you know, we'd like to talk to you. We got together and we talked about it, and we called the manager of that department. And the manager said, um, no, there's no way that we can afford to, um, that we can afford to do our own backflows. We only pay these guys $27 a backflow to, to test them. So we got off the phone conference with him and, um, they said, well, you know, he's kind of got a point there. You know, we can't, we can't pay a guy that much. What do you think? What's your thoughts? They asked me, I said, well, my thoughts is if, Sounds too good to be true. It probably is. I said, that should throw up a red flag because <clears throat> being the seventh largest district in, in, um, in Florida, there's no way they can pay a guy to run all around, all around this big County and have to depend on custodians to get them into to mechanical rooms and everything and pay for gas and insurance and all the, the overhead that they would have to pay and make money off of $27 an hour. So they said that you've got a point. Dollars an hour or twenty-seven dollars a backflow. I mean, twenty-seven dollars a backflow per yeah. backflow. Yeah, so twenty-seven dollars per. If you have four, just to give the audience a scale of Hillsborough County, if you had four backflows in a day, that would probably take up your whole day. It could be, right? Yeah, because you you could go from South County all the way out to Lutz, and from Lutz all the way up to. Um, to Tonona Sasa, right? Yeah. Um, yep. From and there, you can all country. Yeah. So, anyhow, and that's what basically what they were doing. Later, I found out. Um, I had to organize all that later, but um, so they had this lady check into it, and um, she came back. They said, "Find out what we've been spending over the last couple of years." Well, the figure she came back with was, I don't know if you ever heard the story, have you? you yeah, you told it to me. Okay. But well, the figure that they came back with was 
we were spending $1.2 million a year on backflows. Well, if you do the math, we had about 1,500 backflows at, at um, $27 a backflow. That's roughly about 45,000 a year. Sure. And we're spelling, we're spending well over a million dollars a year just in backflows. So, um, we I smell a rat. yeah, yeah. And, and you know what that I tell my, my student, that's one of the things I tell my students, my high school students, you know, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to be unethical. Um, but we predicted to the board, we would save $200,000 in one year. Um, after they paid my full salary, bought two brand new trucks, um, all the tools, all the backflow, everything you can imagine we got and we were stocked up, man. Wow. That's um, awesome. It was a legit backflow department. Um, and me and another guy, our salaries and everything, we saved just over a million dollars that year. So we blew that 200,000 out the water. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. We got the, um, we were the top money saving department in the district that year. So, um, that's where I started. And, um, then it went from there to, um, to make a long story short, I kind of was button heads with one of the managers. Um, of course, through no fault of my own, uh, uh honestly, I'm sure he would have a different story, but yeah, uh, I just felt like it was my time to, to, hand it over to the other guy and, and, you know, to, to go about my way. So I started looking within the district and found a teaching position at, um, a school called Carver. It was an exceptional center and the principal hired me and I started there teaching building construction technology. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, and I told him I'm, I'm a plumber, you know, I could do, carpentry and, and electrical and you know I could do you know little things like that but I'm not by no means an electrician or a carpenter they didn't um, require you to have like a college degree or anything to teach just your experience was good <clears throat> no um so what Hillsborough County um requires is I had to show experience I had to show my resume of what I've done um it helped that I had a master plumber's license yeah um, so I had to go through their three-year school. It's basically like college. Um, you had to go to school and you had to learn how to be a teacher and you had to pass all your courses. And then once you did that, <clears throat> it's called an alter uh, alternative teaching program. Um, so what alternative certification program, I think ACP it's, um, but it's for somebody that did not go to school for teaching to transfer, to transfer over into teaching. So you could have a college degree in in something else, but that you'd still have to go through this program to be a teacher. You know, if you didn't go through school to be a teacher. Got it. So I did that. I did my three years. So you have to get all kinds of evaluations. You have a mentor, you have a, um, a, uh, if they call it a mentor and, um, another person that comes in and, and observes you and all that. So very rigorous. And, um, then you have to pass the teaching 
the teaching test, which is very hard to pass. Like uh, there's teachers that come out that went to college for it that that have a hard time passing the test. I mean, they they have cameras over you. You it's a it's a, like 120 questions. You only have so much time to do it, and all the answers are right. Oh. So, yeah, from what I've been told. <laughs> So I was very nervous about that because like I said, I wasn't great at school, but that's one thing I'd like to, you know, communicate to the, to the younger guys out there is that, you know, they're always pushing us towards college and, and I don't ever knock college. I tell my students now, I suggest to get into the field and then take one college course a semester. You could do that with in a brief, you could pay for cash. And it's, it would take hardly any of your time to do that one course. You know, wouldn't it be any extra, really extra stress on you? You know, if I had done that, you know, 30 years down the line, I'd already have my, my bachelor's and more it just by taking one course. And I didn't because I always thought I, I'm not good enough to go to college. But as, as I was coming up through the, you know, in my younger years, um, so I never even gave that any thought, but as I came up through the, through the plumbing profession, I had to take different things to get different certifications. And as, as I took those certifications and passed them, it really gave me confidence in myself that, Hey, I can do this. Oh, I did that. Now I could do this. And I did that. Now I could do this. Eventually taking the master plumbers test, which, you know, that's an eight hour test that um and a big bag of books right two eight hour tests uh, yeah it's yeah it's brutal so um that's that's a that's a big accomplishment that i was able to to conquer because plumbing gave me the confidence to be able to do that yeah um, education is important and um you know like nowadays plumbing is a lot more complicated than it used to be. I mean, we have valves that are plugged into computer systems and absolutely apps. And, and you know, I'm, I'm one of the um, certified, actually, I think I am the certified Moen partner for the Moen flow uh, device. Are, are you familiar? Give me with one device? second. Give me one second. Cause it just said that my battery's low. I want to make sure this is plugged in. No problem. I'm sorry. I oh, thought that it was plugged in, but it's plugged into her cricket. <laughs> no problem, Ken. Trying to figure out what this is doing. Because this is... Here, I'm going to pause recording for one second. Okay, Ken, so we were talking about how, you know, education is important. And, you know, I was getting into this idea how plumbing is a lot more technologically advanced than it used to be, say, 20, 30, 40 years ago, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, with the, just think about the, the um, instant heaters, you know, the tankless water heaters. Um, you know, that's, that's, you don't just go work on those. How about the, even the, 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 the water heaters that have the, um, the, 
um, compressors and everything on the top, right? The yep. the newer water, the the energy saving water heaters, right? Yep, the hybrids, yep. The hybrids, the the hybrids are, you know, and and that's just a few things. How about the the new shower, the um, shower valves? That's well, all electronic and stuff too now. Yeah, they have the Kohler DTV systems, which is basically a computer switchboard um, with a series of solenoids that controls which shower head and which body spray gets what. Um, and it all links up to a remote that gets mounted inside of your shower. Um, you've got automatic shutoff valves. I was going into this. Um, we're the, the certified Moen partner for the Moen Flow Network. And what Moen Flow is, is it is a device that goes on your main water line and it, it hooks up to your Wi-Fi, um, your, your Wi-Fi network. And if you ever have a leak, it automatically turns the water off and sends a notification to your phone. That's, that's awesome. I've installed probably 20 of them over the last year. And that awesome. is awesome. Yeah. So, so you can tell your students about that. That's a cool one. But yeah, um, yeah I, I think education is very important. And I think going forward, the level of education that you're going to need to be a good plumber is only going to increase, not go down. Right. That's right. And, and it's a shame um, because um, we don't have enough people in the field right now, you know, and, you know, I, I try to tell my new students that come in that because, you know, everybody thinks of plumbing. My first question to all my students is when you think about plumbing, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Doo-doo, poop, toilet. Yes. And worse, worse words than that with, with high school students, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, toilets, dirty toilets. And you know, like you just said, crack. and you know, I, I told them, I tell them, I said, you could go your whole career as a plumber and never touch any of that. Cool. I know plenty of guys that have gone a whole career and they don't do service work. They do rough ends. And, um, you know, I, I explain it to them like a doctor. You know, if you go, if you have a um, a cold, you don't go see a brain surgeon. No. You know, you, so there's just like a doctor has different um, doctors. There's, you could do different things in plumbing. In the piping industry, period, you can, you can be a fire sprinkler, you know, work for a fire sprinkler contractor. You can be irrigation. You can do, there's all kinds of things. And that kind of puts their mind at ease, you know, like, yeah, okay. There's, there's something else out there for me. I tell the girls, you can get into sales and service, you know, like, you know, just, just selling to the, to the, um, to the, the plumbers. If you come in here and you know, the tools, you know, the fittings, you learn all that stuff, you can get a job in sales. So there's, there's plenty of avenues for us, you know? Well, it's funny you mentioned that one of my, um, one of my podcast guests was Will Shot. He um, has been a plumber for a number of years, and now he's the sales representative for Vega, the pressing fitting. Yeah, the, the fittings for um for the Pro Press. Pro Press, yeah. yeah. Um, so I interviewed him, and I want to get a fire sprinkler guy on here next. But um, yeah, the, you know the beautiful thing about plumbing is there's so many different avenues, right? You could, you could be a fire sprinkler guy. You could be a service guy. You could be a new construction guy. And then in new construction, you could be commercial new construction, residential, high-end residential, custom homes. Um, you can do all of that. 
You could be a backflow specialist. You could be a commercial repair specialist. Underground? Underground, underground utility work? contractor. Under yeah, con- you under- can do that. Um, I have a buddy who's an underground utility contractor. That's, you know, there's so many different avenues in the plumbing industry that you can get into. Um, and, and that's that's why I made this podcast because I wanted to let the younger, you know, help the younger generations learn about this career field. We have so much opportunity in wastewater treatment water treatment water treatment operators people who work plants aqueduct authority that goes around and fixes the the um the the way we get our water to our houses and everything there's so many avenues and that's what i that's what i tell my students you know you have such so many avenues that you can go down um in this field so um, I think it's a great, it's a great field. Um, I've enjoyed it. I, I tell people all the time that I've really, really enjoyed, I have really, really enjoyed my plumbing years. Um, awesome. I'm glad I did what I did, you know? So now you've been a teacher for how many years now? Seven years. Tell us, um, well, seven with Hillsborough County schools. I've been teaching for for um, University of Florida for 11 going on 12 years now. So tell us um, a little bit about the difference between teaching adults versus teaching teenagers, high school students. Um, tell us, you know, what, what the differences are like and what you like about or don't like about both. Um, well, that's a great question um, because teenagers, um, you know, they have a, I'm, I'm, I, I like to say blessed, not lucky, but, um, I, I, I'm with you there. You're blessed. I, I, I do. I, I feel blessed to be a teacher and, um, my students typically love being in my class, but even though they do, you still got to stay on top of them. You know, they'll still, they'll try to skate out of work, you know, try to, to, they love that phone, you know, so you got to yeah. stay on top of them. Exactly. <laughs> but um, you can understand when um, when a, a teenager, you tell a teenager something and they they don't follow your directions completely. You know what I mean? Because they're a teenager and you were a teenager one time. You know how it is. The hard part about teaching adults <clears throat> is you have some that don't take still are not taking things seriously and then when when it comes to crunch time and they they haven't learned what you've been teaching um they want to they want to put that blame on you you know they want to they want to act like maybe you didn't show them the right way or you didn't they didn't have enough time you know oh this is too short of a class well it's funny, you know, I, I certified probably 20 people a month in here and everybody's got the same amount of time as you did. You know, they have excuses. You know, you can you can understand a, a teenager with excuses that has to come to school every single day. But you're teaching a class that that's really basically four days. And um, with my classes on the weekends and the great thing about the weekends is that it's you know, you have all week to study. But the bad thing about the weekends is that you have all week to study because, you know, I hear a million excuses of why they couldn't get study time in, you know, and um, 
I just feel as an adult, you know, you, you should know by, by that time in your life that when you, when you, when you're taking a class that you have to take it seriously and you have to try to do the best that you can in it, you know? And, and I could tell the ones that are just making excuses and because they just, they're just, they don't care. And the ones that are legit, just struggling, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, I could work I, with the struggling person. I went up to Gainesville and I, I went to the main UF trio campus and I took mm-hmm. the repair course up there with, Oh, I forget the instructor's name, Steve, Steve. That's right. Yeah. Steve. And the guys that I got partnered with to do all the repair um, stuff with, I could just tell they didn't care. And yeah, it was frustrating for me because, you know, you their, in- bosses, their bosses paid for their courses I'm the boss. I paid for my own course. I want to take this seriously and, and get the money's worth out of it. And, and I was part of that's stuff. the problem is that they, when you don't have nothing invested in it, it's like a teenager when they don't have to, to put, put their money out for something. They don't care about it. Yeah. You know, when I was 16 years old, my dad didn't go out and buy me a truck. He said, son, you're going to go work and save your money and I'll help you buy your truck, but it's going to be mostly your own money. And sure enough, you know, I had to save up a thousand bucks and he chipped in five or 600 bucks. And we went and bought an old beat up piece of, you know, piece of crap truck. And I had that truck for seven years. I, I valued it because I paid for it and I worked That's right. For it. And I had buddies growing up who their dad or their mom would buy them a newer car or a nice car. And, you know, a month later it would be wrecked. Yep. Yep. And it's the same thing, you know, if you don't, if you don't work for it, if you don't earn it, if you do it the cheap way or the easy way, it's not, you're not going to value it in the long run. That's one of the things I tell my teenagers too. I I actually do a a little thing on the board for them that the easy way is the hard way. Mm. The the easy path is always the hard path. The path Um, of resistance. it, It is always the hard path. And I'll draw a thing out. And I'll put a, I'll, I'll ask them, I'll say, um, what do you think um, successful means? You know, what, what would you say that you'd want in life when you, when you're, when you're an adult and then money and cars and boats. And I draw all that up on the board. I'm a terrible drawer, but I, I draw all that house and pool. And we put all that. I said, well, now you're down here and you got to get to all that. I said, you could take this path and I draw a straight line up to it. And I draw, then I say, you could take this path. And then I draw all these squiggly lines all around the board. And finally it gets there. Which path will you take? Well, the, the straight line. I said, oh, but this is what you didn't see. And then we start putting alligators there and a broken bridge. And, you know, I draw all kinds of crazy stuff in there, you know, thorn bushes and, you know, all kinds of stuff I put in the way said, when you think that it's the easy path, it's probably the hard path. You could have went a little little longer way, but it you would have had a nice clear path. It takes you a little longer to get there, but but you get there with with um, without having to go through all this other stuff. And yeah, I'm a Christian, so I'm going to throw a Jesus quote out there. Enter in through the narrow gate. That's right. That's right. You know, we, um, as humans, I think, 
you know, part of the, the problem is we define success here in America as, you know, we need tons of money and you need, you know, if you're a guy, you need beautiful women around you and, and you need fast cars and a big old house, a McMansion. And at the end of the day, what really makes you happy are the people that are in your, in life, your life, not the thing. That's thing. right. That's a, absolutely right. That's absolutely right. But when you're and 17, that goes in one ear and out the other. Out the other. <laughs> and they always look for the, and the, 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 what goes along with that easy path is, you know, if you ask a teenager, what do you want to be? What do you want to do when you grow up? You're going to hear basketball player. You're going to hear football player. You're going to hear, uh, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to do YouTube. I'm going to do, you know, and they don't realize that all that stuff. So I'll ask them, oh, you're, you want to you want to be a basketball player. So what are you doing to achieve that? Uh, are you on a basketball team? No. Okay. Well, or do you practice every day in the neighbor? I can't be on the basketball team because I'm here and, you know, they at my school usually for a reason. And um, <clears throat> so I say, um, well, do you go out? Are you playing with the city league or the county league? Or are you, are you playing? Every, no. Are you playing out there with your friends every day? No. I said, well, then how do you expect to achieve being a basketball player if you're not practicing? I say, you see these basketball players, do you think they just walk onto the court uh, on game day? No, they practice every day. That's what they do. That's what their life is. They, they, they always have a ball in their hand, you know? You know, they just think that it's just going to come. It's just gonna, They're just going to be a YouTube star. No. You know? Yeah. It, it, so I, I will say this. I think that our society has promoted the the superstars and the athletes and the celebrities and the ultra rich you know six-year college degree graduate at the expense of what the country was built built on which is the everyday blue-collar worker that's right and we're the one that pays everything we're the well, ones yeah, that support the country. If you think about it, it, every time you go out your door, you have to be thankful because from the day, from, from the moment your day begins to the to the moment your day ends, it was made possible by a blue collar American. I'll give you an Absolutely. example. The roads, the drainage under the roads, the water underneath the roads, the, the contractors that built your house the contractors that built the buildings that you go to, you know, you go to the gas station, contractors had to build that, build that, the city had to invest in infrastructure. All of this took blood and sweat equity. That's right. And what we have now is a labor shortage. Um, and part of the reason I started this podcast is because we have a labor shortage for younger people because blood and sweat equity is not sexy. That's right. That's exactly right. And I'm here to tell you, if you're young and you're listening to this podcast, it's not sexy, but you you have a lot of opportunity to write your own ticket. Right now, the average age for plumbers is over the age of 50. Yeah. All of the guys that I work with are, are under, you know, under the age of 30, except for one. He's a master plumber. He's in his 40s. Um, and the reason is, it's not because I can't hire older plumbers. It's because everybody's hired. Anyone that's in their 40s and 50s has a good job and is established and is ready to go. 
I've been fortunate enough, blessed enough to find some young guys who want to learn the trade and we train them. We, we, we train them ourselves. They learn the old fashioned way as an apprentice. And, you know, apprenticeship is a beautiful thing because you can make money while learning this trade. That's right. That's right. And you got to get in with a good company because there's a lot of companies that don't care about you neither. They, they'll put you out there setting toilets every day and they don't care if you learn it. That, that's, that's how you're valuable to them. You know, you set toilets every day and I'm being, I'm not sarcastic, but I'm, I'm exaggerating it, but really they, they don't care. If you could do this one task, I'll keep you busy, you know? And, and I try to tell my students, learn everything that you can, you know, learn some rough. You don't have to be an expert in it, but learn it, learn even if you don't want to touch dirty toilets or dirty stuff, learn the repair part of it. Learn everything that you can because when the work slows down, that one thing that you thought that you, you didn't want to ever do might be the only thing there is to do at that time. You know, here, you could either go out and do this stoppage or we don't have no work for you today. You understand? So, I, I try to tell them that. The other thing I try to tell my students too is um, when you're an apprentice, don't be just standing there. If your, your plumber is under the sink, don't be standing there looking around the house, you know, and not knowing what he's doing under the sink. You're looking under that sink and you're, you're, you're anticipating what, what is that plumber that I'm working with going to need next? He might need a pair of channel locks. He might need an adjustable wrench. He might need a basin wrench. You know, so if you don't know what he's going to ask for next, you should know pretty much. But if you don't, have all three in your hand. So as soon as he asks, boom, he's got that tool. You're not digging around in that toolbox looking for it. Because when that plumber, you work, I know as a plumber, when I had a helper like that, I wanted that helper with me. I didn't want anybody else to have that helper. Uh, that's who I wanted with me. And I did everything I could to teach him and show him um, so that he became a plumber quicker because I knew that he was interested. And if you don't show that interest, they lose interest in you. So that's very important. Yeah, I, I can tell, tell you from personal experience, um, both as someone who started as an apprentice and then got into his own truck and now I own my own business, to the other perspective of it is I have employees who – were flipping burgers at Wendy's two years ago and now are running jobs for me. You see that? That is one of the most satisfying feelings is, is being able to see someone who you've developed a relationship with and they go from making eight bucks an hour at Wendy's to making more than double that um, working for you and, and running jobs. Like I'll give you an example. I, it was just a little water service that we did today Um that I had them dig and run the pipe and tie in and, and flush out everything. And, um, you know, whereas a year ago I would have had to be there and supervise and look over everything. They were able to do the job, send me pictures and everything looks great and everything worked out perfect. And we get inspection tomorrow and everything's good to go. And that is so nice because now I am not only the plumber, but I have plumbers that work for me. I've multiplied my efficiency. I don't, I can be in two places now. 
Exactly. Got, and feel confident. He's running around. Right, right. Yeah, and you feel confident in letting them do it. Yeah. And as time goes on, obviously I'll be more and more confident in, in you know, letting them do more complicated stuff. But, you know, for right now, hey, they went and did a, a small water service for me and they got it done in, you know, three hours and, you know, we made a thousand bucks. I mean, that's good. Yeah. That's, and and the other thing is ask questions. Even when you are apply, I still ask questions. I just, just had that conversation with my students today. If you don't know something, ask, because if you say you know it and you don't know it, then I can't teach you if you're saying you already know it and, and you really don't know it. And I tell my adults that too. That was one of your questions is, you know, what's some good things about the adults and some bad things and what's, you know, what's your likes and dislikes. I tell my adults that too, because you take, you've taken my class. Mm-hmm. I walk around to the stations and, um, you know, I, I try not to hang around them because I give you your, your time to, sure. to learn. But if I walk up to your station, I say, as an adult, you're an adult. And I say, how are you doing? And you say, oh, I'm good. Then I'm thinking that you're good. You know, I'm going to go try to find somebody that says I'm not good. So I could work with them. Right. Yeah. I've noticed that adults, um, it's, we're quicker as, as a group, we're a lot quicker to act like we've got it all under control, even if we don't. Right. And, and that's not good. We should be humble, you know, and, and the advice to the apprentices would be, be humble, recognize you don't know it all and ask questions. I tell my guys this all the time. Look, I don't care if you don't know, call me, we'll talk through it. We'll figure it out together. Absolutely. But if you don't call me and you act like, you know, and you do it wrong, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a phone call, you know, all you have to do is call and just say, Hey, I'm, I'm help me walk through this. And a lot of times, you know, all the time, two minds are better than one. One thing my dad always told me too. I just told this to them today also is um, never close your ears to anybody. Yeah. He said, even when you become a plumber, um, you might have a guy that just got hired a week ago and you're struggling through something and he's trying to tell you, why don't you, why don't you, I've got it. I got it. And you never know. He's looking at it from a different angle than you because he doesn't know, but maybe his idea is just what you need to get through that situation. So at least, least hear it out and if you decide that you don't want to go that route then you don't go that route but but at least hear the hear the person out it doesn't matter if they've been in the business a week or they've been in the business 20 years sometimes they looking at it at a different angle because they've only been in it a week and you're so used to it going one way all the time and this way it might go their way and that the way they're looking at it it could pull you out of a jam so always listen and always never, never close your ears to anybody. Listen to what people have to say. And, um, and if you decide that, that it works out for you, then, then you do. And if it doesn't, then, then you do what you need to do. I'm going to turn on the light real quick. Oh, you're fine. No problem. All right. Much better. 
yeah. It was starting to, the sun was going down and starting to fade there. Yeah, it's getting dark out. Um, so, but um, yeah. Um, that's good. With adults, with adults and students, uh, adults and, and, and um, high school students, there's a lot of good stuff and there's a lot of bad stuff, you know, not bad stuff, but things that, that kind of aggravate you and things that, that, um, because, because you want them, you know, doing certain things and with adults, basically it's, it's the same. It, it's almost like dealing with the same group of kids, except that you can, you can understand when, when an, uh, a high school student is acting a certain way, but it's very hard to understand that out of an adult. Yeah. So, I understand. Ken, can you share with us some of the high points and the low points of your plumbing career? Share with us some of your challenges that you've overcome and um, some of your, you know, best moments. Um, probably my biggest challenge was um, when I had my kids and I was out doing um, stoppages or I'd be under a house all day in Key West and um, roughing it in or whatever, and then have to go downtown and do a stoppage at a bar or something. And, and then, and I did a lot of stoppages in my younger career and I loved them. Um, but then when I had my kids, and you're you're coming home and they're running wanting to run up and hug dad. You're so, oh hold on. Yeah. Hold and on. you're like, you know, and you don't want them to feel like you're rejecting them. And I was always afraid of, you know, them getting something from that I picked up on a job. And um that's when it really started to to um make me want to think about switching a career, switching my career, which back then that's when um aids was going around a lot so um you know that's was that was the that was when aids was the big thing that's like it was like this pandemic you know yeah, we're dying yeah yeah and you didn't know about it and i was so afraid of that you know my kids picking up something that would would kill them or something so that was probably the lowest of my career that that made me want to get out of it um, but just the, the fact that I quit school and I have everything that I want, you know, I, 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 another thing I told my students today, I'm a high school dropout. My wife is, has her doctor's degree. She's a professor at USF. Oh, wow. She has wow. wrote a book and everything. And, um, I make as much money as she does and she's still paying college debt. Wow. That's crazy. So I, this career has given me everything that I want, everything that I want. You know, I've from a high school dropout, I told my students today, again, we had a big conversation today, but, um, I told them, you know, if my teachers knew that I had keys to a school, they'd turn over in their graves. You know, they would, they would say, there's no way Kenneth Wade has, has got keys to a school, you know? Um, but I have everything. I've had cars and boats and jet skis and um, 
a few houses and, you know, I've, I have everything. This career has afforded me everything that I would ever want with no college debt, none, none. And when I got in the field, it was a good job, but you didn't make a lot of money. These guys are making great money now, you know, because we need them out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, if you're, so I, I, one of the guys I interviewed, he told me that as a service plumber, his best year he did, I think he said he did almost $200,000. Wow. Dude, that's good. Yeah, that <laughs> like is if good. You make 200 grand as a plumber. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's not quite doctor money, but it's close. I mean, it's, it's a- fair. I had a guy in my class that, um, he was, he went through high school as a mechanic, um, got out, was working like for Ford and, and them. And he, he wasn't making the money that he thought he would make, got into plumbing first year, made $70,000. Yeah. His first year in plumbing, $70,000. Yeah. And if you, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit and you're interested in starting your own business, there's not too many businesses that you can start that have such an income potential. I mean, I'm, I'm early on in my business ownership career and I probably make more than, I think there's one other guy that I uh, graduated from high school that, that makes as much money as I do, but I, I probably make way more than just about everybody else. That I With no high school debt. Yeah. No, no college. I mean, no, debt. no college debt. Sorry. No college debt. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I, uh, and I'm not saying that to brag, but it, it, you know, if you are listening to this podcast, you want to know why would I become a plumber? The, you know, one of the answers to the equation is while you're young, it's a great opportunity to make a lot of money. And then at that point, if you decide you want to do something else, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, um, like me, I, I really enjoy business. Um, I really enjoy like writing up contracts and sending estimates and sales and marketing. You know, I don't know that I'll be in the field in five years. I might just be running the business because that's, I, I, as I get older, I enjoy that part more, but I still love plumbing. Plumbing is, you know, um, but there's, there's just so many different things you can do as a plumber and, and um, you know, the sky's the limit. There's, there's small one and two truck companies. And then there's giant companies like, in, in franchises like Rotorooter that make millions and millions of dollars a year in profits. That's right. I and have a cousin that that's in Key West. He, he, it's his truck and two other trucks, his company. Now this is about five or six years ago when I asked him to, to be able to share it with my students, his company brings in over a million and a half dollars a year. Wow. That's pretty good. So, um, you know, and that's a small, that's a small company. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the money is there to be made. Now, let me tell you, this guy works hours and hours and hours, you know, he, he'll work till 12 o'clock at night. That's just, that's him. But, um, you know, the money's there to be made and, uh, it's a great career. It's a great, um, profession. You can, you can make what you want out of it. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that. I think, you know, like for me, money is motivating to a certain point. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't work 80 hour work weeks. Like I used to, when I started, like 
you know, I, I am a big believer in family time and absolutely you no, know, like I, I, my employees and I, we're all taking a company holiday on Monday just so that we can all have a three day weekend. And, and, you know, like it's a blessing to be able to like, to, to, to give back to the people that I work with and say, Hey, let's all take a day off. Let's all enjoy some time with our families. We've all been working hard. Let's, let's take a paid day off, you know? And, um, that's awesome. You know, that, that's, if you, if you want to be a plumbing company owner, or if you want to work for a small family business, I highly recommend looking into the different types of companies. There's big plumbing companies. There's small plumbing companies. I've always liked working for the family owned businesses. Um, they're just, it's, it's, you More develop personal. relationships. Yeah. I, I, um, I'll give you an example. I was on a job today where I was stuck. I couldn't think of a solution to a problem. We had a um, issue with an inspection and it was because the home we were working on was a hundred year old home and we were doing a remodel. And when you're doing a remodel, you have to bring things up to code once you start touching them. And so I was stuck on how I could get this up to code. And so I called my old boss, uh, Donnie Hawthorne from Safe Choice Plumbing, and he helped me out. And, you know, and it like, should be that way. Yeah. You know, cause like, I, I think I went to work for him 2013 or 2014 was when I started working for him. But, you know, the fact that all these years later, I was able to call him up and, he was able to help me over the phone and walk through it with me. And, and two minds are better than one. And we came up with a solution and I would do that for any of my guys that, you know, decides they want to leave and start their own company or work somewhere else. Because I, you know, that's another big thing. Don't burn bridges. I was just going to say, you took the words out of my mouth. Don't burn bridges. You never burn a bridge, never burn a bridge. When I went to work for, even though I told you I had a teenage attitude, but I still didn't burn the bridge. I just wanted, I thought I was needed to, to do more with my life. And I went to work for that Doug Posey doing the houses. But when he said, when can you start? I said, two weeks, I have to give my two weeks notice, you know, and therefore years down the line, I was working for again as a plumber, uh, a plumbing foreman at that big job, making great money, just running that job. But had I burned my bridge, I would have never went back there. I would have never had that opportunity to go back there and run that big job. Yep. Because, you know, they don't want you back. They don't want to help you if, you, if you've if you done something to them that, that you shouldn't have done, you know? So, yep. yep. Character is important. Never sacrifice your integrity over a job or money or it's just not worth it. Like we talked about earlier, your word should be your word. And that's so not true anymore. Like it's still true, but people don't honor that anymore. I agree. And, um, you know, the other thing I would tell the guys out there too is um, most, of, most of the guys that are getting into plumbing, like you talked about the guys, you know, flipping burgers for $8 an hour, then they go there and start making pretty good money to start off with and, you know, better than what they were. As I say, save for retirement. Yeah. Um, find something, some talk to a fine if if your company own uh offers a 401k get into it if they match the funds i tell them you know if they're matching let's say five percent then you you put in the whole five percent yep because you'll never miss it 
Um, you know, it could be 3%, 2%, whatever, 10%, I don't know. But whatever they're offering, you put in at least that much because you're losing money if you don't. And when you're young, you don't think of these things. But all of a sudden, 30 years flies by and you start thinking, what am I going to do? I don't have I don't have retirement. Um, and that's a scary thing. So I always tell my, one of the things that, that I do teach in my class is, um, you know, uh, that I talk about, not so much teach, but I talk about, you know, making sure you save for retirement because it's so important um, that you have at least something later. It, it happened to my brother-in-law. Uh, uh, one day I was talking to my sister and and I was, she was like, hey, if you know anything to um, Tony's looking for a job, a company just bought out the warehouse and he's not really happy here. And, um, and I said, well, shoot, uh, he should be ready to retire. How long has he been there? He's been there 32 years and he, they offered 401k and he never put into it. Oh no. So he has no retirement. Well, and that it gave me like the sinking feeling in my stomach, like, instantly I was like just heartbroken for them because now he's, you know, his late fifties you don't just, you, you're not going to get a 30 year retirement. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, and I tell my students, I said, these guys, you know, these people you see at Walmart, that's welcome to Walmart. You think they're there because they just feel like getting out the house. No, it's either that or either that and, and have, food on the table and your medicine or have to pick between the two. So they have to be out there, even though they don't want to go out to, to work, they have to, because they never had a good retirement. And that's so important to, to think about for your future. I, I have people that take my class all the time for UF. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from older guys. I'm, I'm working for life. Uh, you know, these guys that are in their sixties, that, that have no retirement and it just breaks my heart every time. And uh, so it's one of the things that I try to get across to my guys is, you know, you got to think of that right from the get go, right out the gate, because if you're taking 5% out of a check that you never were used to making, you don't even know that it's coming out. But once you start paying bills on that and you're, you're stretching that paycheck from paycheck to paycheck to pay your bills, you can't afford 5% then. And then that's when the years start flipping through. And the next thing you know, it's 30 years later and you don't have a retirement. So just something I tell my students. Yeah, that's important. Well, Ken, I think we're going to wrap up. Is there any final words of wisdom you'd like to share? No, uh, I, I would say if you, um, if you're looking to make money, uh, you're looking for a good career that, that can afford you whatever your heart desires. I mean, you could go as big or as small as you want to. Um, plumbing is the way to go. And get your different certifications. Get your backflow certification. Get your certification for um, Upanor and, you know, Whatever else is out there for the different valves and stuff, and anything that your company offers, get those certifications because once you have it, they can't take it away from you. Amen. And so, um, and 
you know, I want to tell you, uh, I, I use you in a, as an example a lot in my class because, you know, you're a young guy that, that's, that's made it, you know, and, uh, and I feel like any of them can if they want to. So, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Um, you know, uh, you know John Vidal, right? Yeah, yeah, very good friends with John. Yeah, John's John is awesome. Um, I took his class when I was like 19 years old. Uh, he's he's for the audience that doesn't know, he's the plumbing instructor at Irwin Technical College, which is a um, like a technical trade school that teaches. You know, they have plumbing, electrical, carpentry automotive nursing all those classes and i took his class and it really set me on this life journey and and those decisions have led me to where i am today and i'm very grateful um for john and i'm grateful for people like you and um i just want to carry the torch forward you know it's important that as plumbers we pass on our knowledge to the future generations of plumbers um, you know, one day we're all going to be retired and um, we're going to rely on those, that next generation. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your time, Ken. Thank I appreciate you. it, man. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Plumber's Journey podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And I hope this episode proved informative. If this episode made an impact, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review on the Apple Podcasts app. Also be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and smash the like button. If you're interested in being a guest, please send an email to ricky at plumbersjourney.com. Thanks again for watching or listening. We'll see you next time.